to sell some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hey everybody and welcome to episode four of Model Club TV. You just saw or heard our new intro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talk the girlfriend, talk Jamie into doing that. And I think that's pretty familiar to many of us. Scott, what'd you think? I liked it. Um, my standard thing is um, I get how much did you pay for that? And my standard answer is a dollar. <laughs> so um, doesn't matter how big the box is, how small the box is. The standard answer for that is a dollar. That's a good answer. That yeah, is a really good answer. Buying it, but yeah, it, no, it, especially it, with it, some of those huge boxes you get with those prepaints. Yeah. What does she collect anything? Does your wife collect anything? Uh, husbands, and I'm number three. Nice. No, I'm just well, kidding. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She, so, uh, yeah, I get Nielsen lucky. ratings. Yeah, I get. <laughs> I get lucky because she collects things, so she can't say anything about me buying stuff. So. It's good. It's nice and fair. So anybody, anyway, hello everybody. This is our new episode. This episode, the topic is a little boring, probably, for some of you, unless you really like us. And it, the episode is about the history of us, basically. Uh, I've kind of figured we needed to do this episode at one point <laughs> to kind of explain to people who we are and why we're doing this. Uh, and we figured best to get it out of the way now and over with so that... <laughs> We don't look that ridiculous like 50 episodes on if we make it that far explaining who we are so that'll be the topic today but other than that scott you've been uh anything new in the world of scott anything new in the world of scott um how's work no no nothing new in the world of scott work is still hell um and uh no Nothing new in the world of Scott. Okay, I'm kind of going through the same thing. Work is uh, about to kick off here, and uh, the most excitement I have is uh, the male pumpkin plants in my little pumpkin patch have started to get pollinated, and Sweet. I think we have about six pumpkins in our garden. Now, do you guard them from squirrels or anything? They don't bother the uh, closed pumpkins. Okay, because so, every yeah. time I've done it, like they try to eat them. Something eats them. Like the strawberries I got going. Something eats them every time. Yeah, they'll eat the strawberries. And that's gardening, model club gardening. Yeah, there's our tip. Um, yeah, no, I'm about to go back to work too. So everything's going to, again, I, I said it before, I'm a teacher. And it's it's a mess. It's a mess. I'll leave it at that. But uh, in terms of anything else, I started watching The Witcher on Netflix. That show is cool. And I'll probably go into more of why I think it's cool later on in this episode. But if you like um, nudity, that's a show for you. If uh, you like, there's some really cool kid ideas in there. And I'm not even kidding. Like, for those of you who've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not all the way finished with it yet. But there are some cool monsters in that show. And they deserve kids. But, yeah, watch The Witcher on Netflix if you get a chance. Pretty cool show. Um, other than that, nothing new. Nothing new at yeah. all. It's I've been, been watching Star Trek The Next Generation from season one, episode one. So I'm into season three now when it actually started to get good. And uh, yeah, we'll get some comments about that, I'm sure. Is Tasha dead but, yet? When did she die? Uh, yeah, Tasha she died dead. in season one. And now you ruined it for anyone that's never seen the show. So I Spoiler hope alert, what, 30 yeah. years on? 20 years on? <laughs> so um, 
yeah, if we want to talk about TV more, we probably need to have my wife on because she watches more than I do. Um, when she watches Hoarders, I want to run out of the room because I wonder if that's... Yeah, mine, she watches Hoarders too, my girlfriend. And uh, Lifetime, all the time. Nonstop. A lot, of, a lot of murder on that show. It always looks like it's going to be a porn, and it's not. So <laughs> I go in there, are they going to make out? And they never do. So I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> back to Model Club TV. Anyway, we're going to move on to the workbench. Scott, you working on anything? Um, Did you finish the ashtray? You know, I did finish the ashtray, and I actually took a picture of it. I should have sent it to you so you could put it up. Dang. But, uh, yes, the ashtray is, um, yes, the ashtray was um, a success. Good. What about the so, tiny tear? The ashtray was a success. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, as far as me, and I really, I, I apologize to our listeners and viewers. This this segment will get a little more interesting later on when I have time to work on stuff. I have not, I, I've been working on the podcast more than anything still. And I said this a while back, trying to figure out new microphones and new, I have stuff coming in on back order and other stuff's showing up now. And I'm trying to work on both of us getting the same sound quality and equipment and learning how to do all this stuff takes a ton of work what is that what are you showing doing? my oh, that's microphone your, oh that's your microphone yeah. that is the most bootleg microphone that i think i've ever seen <laughs> taped came, came with my gateway computer in 1998 that's, that's a, you know what that's vintage and you could probably pick it up somewhere for cheap um but yeah no i i did work on i ended up having to customize some little people for jamie and turn some fisher price little people into santa and mrs claus for a friend of hers i'm still working on my ghost i got a little further on that i worked on the arm part let me I can pop that up real quick um i worked on the arm the skeleton arm but and repaired the rabbit that's ready to go and i want to get back to making stuff for me but so far the workbench has been pretty boring and again i apologize for that uh nothing else there are those that are going to ask what was in the box when you opened it in the uh, intro so you uh, you might want to explain that you know what let's leave that easter egg they have to figure it out okay leave it in the comments anyone if you want to, if you know what was in that box what those pieces were i'll let you know if you're correct but yeah and the first one that says VHS tape is out. Yeah. You're out. No, you're, out. <laughs> you're gone. Those pieces, a couple of those pieces are deep dives. They're going to be hard to figure out for a couple of people. But anyway, news and reviews. Let's start with reviews. I actually have one for once. Uh, I got this kit back in, I think it came out in April, but it's been sitting back there. And I was like, oh man, I haven't even talked about that. I haven't done a video on my own channel for it, but here's the box it is the who goes there monster by simon lee uh i'm gonna pull a picture up of it real quick and it i love simon lee I, he uh i mean he was one of us from the beginning and then ended up getting you know super famous doing stuff for movies and the godzilla movies and all he's an amazing sculptor 
really kind of loose and fluid, which I kind of like when it comes to things. There's not anything he can't do, and he makes everything look just super creepy. And this kit alone, they, it, I thought it would be a little bigger if that's the only knock I have on it. Otherwise, it's awesome. Like, there are scales, slimy bits, scaly bits, hairy bits. Like, it is just a, an amalgam of amalgamation of tons of different things. And it is a creepy looking monster. And that's kind of what I like to do. So it's perfect. It's right in my wheelhouse. It's a great kit. If you get a chance, I know it's sold out, but I have a feeling there's a waiting list for some of that stuff. But yeah, the uh, Who Goes There Monster is awesome by Simon Lee. BigBlueTree.com is his website if you want to give it a ch uh, check it out. Um, other than that, that was that. I did pick up a new paint. And this kind of goes into my news section. This is Technical Tesseract Glow. And it's supposed to simulate glowing. Like when it dries, it's supposed to look like it's glowing. It's a miniature paint based on the new Warhammer stuff that came out uh, this past week. Which kind of brings into my one little bit of news. Uh, Trevor had mentioned in our comments last week when we were or with the Terry interview about model the hobby dying, but he talked more about it changing. And after this past, I had gone out to St. Louis over the weekend, and there was a hobby there store, and not even a hobby store, it's a game store, and it's called Miniature Market. And it made me realize he's absolutely right. That store was one of the coolest stores I've been in in a long time, and I found another one in Peoria, and I, I cannot remember the name of it right now, but. It has taken the place of a hobby store. They had paint, they had spray paint, they had airbrushes, they had airbrush paint, they had all sorts of miniatures, gaming materials, uh, you name it, pigments for powder, for weathering, like all that stuff that you would normally use for model kits. But if you could do that stuff, if we could get some resin kits in those stores, I think, I think it might go a long way. But it really just... There just aren't a lot of us left. There are tons of people doing the miniature stuff. But if you're ever in St. Louis, check out Miniature Market. It was a really cool store. Um, it didn't smell. Like, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it was clean. It was the cleanest hobby slash game store I've ever been in my life. And I, I don't know how to... We stink sometimes. There's people in our group that just... We sit around a model, and but this place was awesome. It was really clean, really cool, and yeah, check it out, Miniature Market. They do have a website. Well, how did that compare to like a Games Workshop? Um, games Workshop is... I've never even been in Games Workshop. Okay, the way the Games Workshop retail shops are tiny. They're small, and they sell only Games Workshop brand stuff. This place was huge and sold stuff from everybody. Um, and there's a lot of, I'm finding more and more of those kind of independent stockist places are, they got some cool stuff in there and they do have some larger scale things. And I think, I just don't think there's enough cross pollination where people see, they don't think they know about us at all. Like they have no idea there's people out there making Dracula models. They just see their miniatures and the, the busts and stuff and they have no idea we exist, which is kind of what I hope this opens up a little bit and some of those people find us but and kind of know and i don't know I, it, it's good for everybody in the long run because i go buy paint there all the time but i don't know I, miniatures are weird I, it's weird that we always stick with our own kind but i don't it's i don't know 
Uh, other news. You want to talk talk about the rough topic, real quick? No, I don't want to talk about the rough topic. Ah, uh, the other big so, news. Um, Garage I guess the big news Man. is um, uh, the as we discussed in our last episode with Terry Webb about the uh, John Tucky auction. Um, there is a model producer that uh, bought a lot of it, most of it, all of it. I'm not exactly sure um, how much of it he got. I know there's some dispute as far as ownership, which you and I had talked. We don't really want to take a side. Yeah, We'd I like mean, to hear I, both yeah. sides, but you know, um, it's uh, it's going to be a hot button issue. I think maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll you know work itself out. And I, I think you had the best advice, uh, John. This is John could have fixed this problem. <laughs> with yes. being more clear, you know, with some of that stuff. And it goes back to what we talked about last week. Make everybody know what you want done with your things. It would solve a lot of problems later on for a lot of people. Right. And I mean, we might get more into it in the future. I know we have some uh, plans for a couple things, but we'll see. Uh, it's If you're a single person with no spouse and no children and no anybody that knows what your stuff is um man get a will or get a friend that knows what's going on and um you know get it i mean you, you you have to get things legal you have to get things notarized you have to get things legally done and it's going to cost you a few dollars but it's at least something you know i i wonder out of the auction how much money actually even goes to the estate by the time everybody gets their fingers in the pie from the county and uh yeah you know so um yeah you know again like we talked last last time just man get your stuff together get it you know make sure your family at least knows or knows who to call and again if you are a single person with no anybody um man get you know, try to get it together. You know, if it bothers you, if you don't care what happens to your stuff, um, you know, that's okay too, I guess. To each their own. But. Yeah. Uh, not to go dark two episodes in a row, but man, it's just, it's tough. And I even like, when you go and look at the comments from last week on, our, on the episode, there's some stuff in there that like I did not expect. And my heart goes out to those people who are kind of struggling with things and, yeah, it's it's awful. It's a it's a tough thing to think about, but we all get there at some point. So, and it's easier to you know make it easy for your family instead of making it tough, or even not even just your family. Make it easy for the community because this is gonna be it's gonna get ugly. I I think I hope not, but it's it could have been could have been fixed, and we'll see how it shakes out. I just right. It could turn into what I call a shit show. Yeah. And it's a shame because there's some good stuff out there that I'd like to see reissued for people. I have most of what I wanted because I bought it when it came out. But yeah. And again, so. for me personally, I, I think we talked about it before too. I, I side on the let it go. Like I want to mm -hmm. see new stuff. And those kits are great. They serve, a, they're a marker in time. But you could always make good new stuff. And I I don't know. 
let's see how it shakes out. We wish everyone the best, and we hope everyone gets what they want. I think. I hope. I don't know. We'll see. But that was the other. Yeah, that's the one big bit of news of Garage Kit Land. Uh, I don't. Know and I've not say. received a report from our um, fan club president Charlie Robson, so oh, I don't man. know how many um, actual members are in the fan club. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have to mention three. Charlie every episode <laughs> now, so. There it is. That's it. Charlie, you can turn it off now if you want and go to bed. Hey, those um, baby um, pictures he's been sharing. He's a, so. he's got a, his hands full. But that's awesome. Love to see people procreate. It's good. Yeah. Especially models. Make some, yep. Yeah, make some modelers, mini yep. modelers. So. so, yeah, that's far as news. I can't think of anything else that really happened this week. That's the, I mean, that was the big buzz. So, wow. <laughs> All around. Yeah, it's a slow couple weeks here. Yeah, so. it's and it, it usually is about now, right? Like, because everyone be gearing up for Jersey. Oh, that's the bit of news. Nothing on Wonderfest yet. Nothing. No, nothing as of tonight. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yet. and this will probably go out in a couple days. So, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see it happening. I, I think they're waiting um, for the state to make the decision for them. And maybe that's a contractual thing. Maybe they need that to happen. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. So it's only speculation on my part. But. And and for those people wondering about the model club contest, we're still planning on it. If, if it happens in October, um, if it doesn't, we may be moving it to an online sort of thing. I got to talk to uh, Steve and some other people about it and we'll get through that. I don't know if it's fair for me to enter if we do it online. So I don't know. It's there's a that's another huge mess. And we'll get to it when we get there. But wow, yeah, a lot of just. Ugh. Did I mention the wacky racers kits last episode? No, you did not. That were being reissued. They nope. were the old MPC wacky racers kits. Um, Dick Dastardly's Mean Machine and Penelope Pitstop's Compact Pussycat. And these are little snap together kits. There were four total, so they're going to do the first two. Um, round two or whoever's doing MPC. And they are available on um, Steve Iverson's Cult TV Man Hobby Shop. Oh, I did see those. Look, yeah, those look pretty cool. And um, yeah, those were big for me when I was a kid. I loved that show. Dude, Muttley so, was the best. Muttley still is the best. Muttley is, Muttley is still the best. See, I love it when you give me props and, and you don't even realize you are. Check that guy out. That's a little eraser, a little cereal premium uh, from. Good old Muttley. Best yep. laugh in all of cartoons. And then somewhere up here. Oh, here. <laughs> uh oh. Look, look how this works out. Hold on. Sorry, everyone says to look uh, at my fat self. We can oh edit God. this out. Look away. Look okay. away. But the compact pussycat. Nice. Um, and the Dick Dastardly Mean Machine. So I think this might be a good segue. You like the cartoons. <laughs> you like the cartoons. That's, you know, and we're going to get into it. I, that, yeah, let's move on. Let's go to that. The history of us and how we got into this hobby. Um, we're going to start with you, <laughs> uh, just because that's how the pictures we picked laid out. But anyway, we're basically going to interview each other <laughs> in a weird, and this could go horribly wrong or it could oh, end up boy. being okay. But it was something I felt we needed to get done. Um, 
Scott, how'd you get started? What's your well, first modeling memory? Let's start so with that. My first modeling memory is, um, and I don't know if you're running photos yet, but if you are. Tell me when you want it up. Um, you start the first one. And my first modeling memory is a long box creature from the Black Lagoon. And I was probably five, okay, which would have made about 68. My brother was seven years older. And so he was, he had famous monsters. Wait, let's stop right there. How old are you? 57. You're 57. I'm 40, about to be 46. So give everybody kind of the age difference. We're about what, 10, 10 years apart? If my math yes. is right. Okay. Yeah, the teacher right. can't do math. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. I'm our teacher. Thank God. <laughs> so. All right, long box creature. Sorry. So I had a long box. Um, so, well, so my brother was a monster kid, got me into monsters. Um, you know, and uh, he would always tell me which monsters were cool. So whatever, at this point in time, maybe the creature was his cool monster. And um, so I got the long box creature. That's not mine that we're showing, obviously. But that is the first one I remember getting. Now, I didn't build that. Um, what would happen is my dad would build them for me. And I would tell them, don't glue them to the bases because I want to play with them. Okay. Because understand when I was young, there were no action figures of any of this stuff. There was, you know, there was nothing. So if you wanted monsters, that's what you had. So that's kind of my first memory. What, what was the first action figure besides G.I. Joe? Was it G.I. Joe? Like what came out and like kind of like what was the first Probably action figure you remember having? That I remember having is a, a GI Joe, yes. Okay. And again, it was my brother's GI Joe. Um, How'd your brother get the first stuff? The first GI Joe that I ever got was that Curse of the Mummies tomb set, and it had or Curse some mummy set, and it had a little sarcophagus and a three wheel buggy like the Banana Splits had. And then I got a GI Joe with lifelike hair. Oh, cool! And, <laughs> and it was lifelike hair. If, uh, yeah. But so anyway, um, so but there were no monsters. So that was my first. Um, and I remember I, the building is still there. It was a Toys R Us up on the north side, and I was out with my parents, and they sent me in with my brother to get it. And um, I remember the stacks and what seemed to me as a little guy to the ceiling of long box Aurora kits. So I, I kind of have a similar story. I'm not going in, but, but Toys R Us. And I hope everyone kind of gets that same nostalgia feel in talking mm -hmm. about this. When I think of Toys R Us, I remember what were they like the colored four by sixes on the front of the store. Is that what it looked like when you were a kid? Where that, well, that when I was a kid, it was bargain town. So it was uh, red and white. And it was the children's bargain town. And then their slogan was Toys R Us. Really? Yes. And I don't know when they changed to Toys R Us. See, this is before you. But prior to when I went and got this, it was bargain town. See, I never knew that. So here's, I learned something. I never knew the bargain town thing. And, and maybe when we do the editing, you could probably find an old ad and maybe stick it up here. Yeah. Bargain town ad. So, but I remember the same thing. Like when you would go into Toys R Us, there was a model aisle. 
And the things I remember specifically from the mod, and this will age me a bit, um, I remember seeing at the top of the shelf, because like you just said, it was so tall you couldn't reach it, and it looked like it was hitting the ceiling. But at the top was the Sakuda, is that am I saying it right? Um, Terror Dog from uh, Ghostbusters. I don't know why I just blanked out there. Ghostbusters. I remember seeing a creature from the Black Lagoon. Billy, mm -hmm. was it Billiken or was there a Sakuda one? That was uh, same. Same? So, yeah. but there was like, it was a colored box, I remember, because you could see the creature on the outside. And then the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man model was up there. But in between there, and then the giant T Rex, there was it Aurora or Monogram? I remember always seeing that in Toys R Us. By then, it was probably Monogram. Yeah. And I was like, man. And it kind of, we kind of have a similar story there. And oh, for people who don't know, Scott and I both live in the same area. Uh, we're both Chicago suburb, Chicago city kids, people. What? We're over by the air, and we eat our dogs with no uh, no ketchup on that hot dog. And you were on the north side. All right, that's where you were. But I Go have ahead. learned that Jason puts ketchup on just about everything. No, that isn't true. That, that that's is not, not what true. I heard. That's, that's she's not what I heard. she's lying. You I go put, through ketchup like toilet paper. That is yeah. true. I put yeah. a lot of ketchup on things. I use a lot. My brother puts it on everything. I put it on like two weird things. Pizza and potato chips. But anyway. Pizza don't have enough tomato sauce on. <sighs> anyway, go ahead. Toys Okay, <laughs> so if you want to go to photo number two. Photo this number two. This was the second kit um, that I ever got. And I thought this was cool because... It had the glow-in-the-dark parts. And so I didn't put the glow-in-the-dark feet on because I thought, well, that doesn't make sense. But I did use the hands and the head. And it was still the gray original plastic that the original Frankenstein was molded in. And it still was a long box. Yeah. And another building that's still there, it was a drugstore in Harvey where I grew up. And the building's still there. It's not the same business. And I also used to get King Kong, Dunross King Kong cards, which I have a whole set of, too for a nickel a pack there and so, uh my brother built that one for me and then if you uh want to go to number three after that it, it started to become the glow kits because that was right around the transition you know in the 70 you know i want to say 69 70 were the first square box um so could you explain kits. the glow kits to me i don't get it i don't get i just don't get it what don't you get why like, I don't understand, because if you're me, I want something to look like the monster from the movie. You know what I mean? And I don't get why you would want a glow-in-the-dark thing that doesn't look like the monster from the movie. I get maybe as a kid, like, oh, cool, this thing glows in the dark. Is that what it was? Well, so the Frankenstein, to me, Frankenstein was green. So the green hands and head worked. And, again, my brother built that for me, so I didn't build it. And... Um, we didn't paint it or anything, but it was at least cool that his head was green and his hands were green. And so, and I'm looking, I'm just looking over at the kid yeah. on my screen. Um, so that's what was cool. Aurora then went to the glows. Why they chose to do that, maybe it was, it was a gimmick, you know, to try to re, um, to bring them back, them, which yeah. I got to say for five years, those things, five, six years, almost seven, maybe. Um, you could find those things in Kmart, 
drugstores osco we have jewel osco here i used to see him in osco um sears jc pennies you know i saw aurora models just about everywhere for sale a uh, grocery store i remember my grocery store would sell models and uh you'd see model kits there so my next foray in was i believe then i started to get in i thought godzilla was cool and channel 32 used to show a movie of the week and it was at 10 30 every night and it was the same movie all week they show the same movie all week <laughs> wait what and no channel 32 here was the, right. the uh, what year the was hf channel what year well, let's see. I have to say it was probably prior to 1971 okay. because we moved from the house that I remember this all in. So in still not born yet. That's why I don't remember. It. That's why you don't remember this. Okay. Right. And so I started to get into Godzilla. So I got the Godzilla. And again, the Godzilla was a great toy because it stood by itself. The pose was cool. And you could use toy tanks, toy cars, whatever, little army men, and just you could have a ball with the Godzilla. So, yeah. again, I told my dad, don't glue it to the base. And um, the sad thing was my dad worked nights. So um, I never saw him. So when I got a model kit, he would build it for me when he got home from work and I was sound asleep. So when I got up in the morning, it was sitting there built. So you still weren't building your kits way back but then. But I still wasn't building. You no, know, I still was. So, That's where it comes from. Lance, we now know. Right. Where so it comes from. So then I, um, someone had given me a couple, I think they were Lindbergh dinosaurs. They were purple, a triceratops. <clears throat> and I could be wrong. If someone knows, correct me. And a land of the giant snake, which I wasn't really interested in. But I saw so I had some glue left over and I remember asking my mom. So I was probably at this point seven or eight years old. And I remember asking my mom, hey, can I glue these, try this? And she said, yeah, but, you know, of course, mothers back then was put newspaper down. You know, it's like you were a puppy, you know, yeah. put newspaper down. So <laughs> I, I built the dinosaur first and they were they were pretty simple kids and then i actually built this land of the giants you know i didn't paint it or anything i just put it together and i you know i remember everything i was taught you know don't get glue on everything you know and and all that so once i did that my dad never had to build another kit for me again and then as we moved to our next house in dalton um over the years, I probably had a lot of these glow kits two and three times and um, started painting um, with the old, you know, the, the story is the same for all of us. Testers, enamel, whatever color we could find, um, sometimes whatever color you had. And uh, I, I used to play with these things like they were action figures yeah, and I would yeah. just play with them. And it was um, it was awesome. So moving to the next lovely picture of myself. Somewhere oh. in the mid eighties, I decided I wanted to get all these kits again. <clears throat> and um, I discovered John F. Green. And I, did you know John F. Green or is that still before your time? It's still before my time. That so is a Green, wonderful picture of young Johansson. That is, that is about, I, I love now. that mustache. <laughs> I, I was, I was styling, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. I started buying these things and at, at the time you we were still getting them relatively inexpensive. 
I bought a mint in the box original Hulk model from John F. Green for $29 sealed. And like an idiot, I opened it. But um, so I got into collecting all the Auroras. And um, so I got to where I got all the original superheroes and I got all the glow monsters. And I went for original superheroes because they had the mold, the emblems molded in and stuff like that, where the reissues, the comic scenes reissues didn't. So when I started collecting, I went for that. And in that picture, you will see probably one of the rarest plastic kits of all time in my hands. That's an original King Kong Stronster. Um, I actually mold and cast that. Yes, I was a recaster and sold resin copies of that. Why was it so rare? don't know that in the Godzilla's go-kart I and even the other monster rods were rarer but those two were the last two and I think they were out for one year and I don't know that they were highly you know um, sought after or dis distributed even so most of the kits that were like that like the Wonder Woman and the Bride of Frankenstein that weren't reissued or anything like that or didn't have a real big distribution are the ones that were worth more over time and i actually owned a godzilla's go-kart as well it was a build-up that was disassembled but i'm one of the few people i know that owned all the monster rods at one time um, there's probably more guys out there that do i've never seen a boxed godzilla's go-kart ever in my life really i've seen just about every rare aurora kit there is i've seen photos obviously now but i've never seen one physically that i could put my hands up what do those go for these days i can tell you in 1989 i paid 1200 for that king kong thronester in 1989 that one that one <laughs> wow. i would i would venture to guess that kit in the condition that that is was in right now i would say that that king kong thronester would would probably fetch five to seven thousand dollars in that condition are you what <laughs> and the last mitten box Godzilla's go-kart that sold on eBay went for over $10,000. All right. I got to start digging in, in okay. garage sales. So, what? so uh, the other cool thing about that picture real quick. And for those of you listening, uh, there is an animal uh, Muppet puppet sitting behind him on a shelf. And I want that so bad. Anyway. I'm going to so, will it to you. Okay. I, you know what? Yes. I'm going to will it to you. I'm will not going to let it go me. to auction. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not going to go to auction. It's, it's, I'm going to will it to you. All right. So from there, that was about 1989. In 1992, that lovely thing that a lot of us have probably gone through called a divorce happened. And, you know, the, the funny thing about collecting Aurora kits is it was my, I was going to build them all because, you know, but then you realize you killed their value by building them. So you, you decided, oh, shit, I can't build them. So it kind of got to a point where it was a stagnant collection because I had all of the kits I wanted. And so I got divorced, needed some money, and I sold all my Aurora kits. Oh, man. Including the one in that photo to Bill Brugman of Model and Toy Collector. And... Uh, in a McDonald's parking lot in Ohio, I met him. <laughs> and Gordy was with him. Gordy Dutt was really? with him. Really? Okay. And uh, yeah, we had, I think it was about a nine or $10,000 transaction. Even at that time, um, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a big, you know, and Bill wrote a check and I trusted it because, you know, he was so well known. And, 
yeah, that was my down payment on my townhouse when I got divorced. And uh, man, it was around that time too. I sold my comics, so I got out of that. So around 1995, my friend Kurt Krause, who I've mentioned on here a couple times, and you can switch to the next picture if you want, um, drug me to this little thing called Wonderfest down in Louisville, Kentucky. And we went down there, we got up at four in the morning and drove down there that morning. And <clears throat> I think I was doing about 95. So I think we made it in about three and a half hours. And I just brought about 200 bucks to spend just in case. And he really wanted to go. I was just along for the ride. And I had known a few of the people, you know, I, I was aware of garage kits at the time and had a few, but at that point I wasn't that deep into it. And uh, so at this show, um, a couple things happened. <clears throat> I met Mike Parks for the first time and bought probably about seven of those tiny terrors that are on that sheet that you see right there. Um, Frankenstein, Dracula, the bride creature. What are we looking at though? Is this, was, was this an ad? This is an ad. Yeah. And thanks Trevor. I pulled it off your website. Don't kill me. <laughs> um, you know, so I, so I bought a bunch of those from him. And I said, well, if I'm going to get into this, these would be good practice pieces. And then I came across, uh, across the, uh, if you go to the next picture, that's another item I bought at the first one, the first Model Mania video. And I um, was uh, I'm surprised enticed. that was out at the first Wonderfest we went to. Yes, yes. It had, I think it had just, just come, out. come out or something. Okay. Right. And I think they were on issue two, one or two. Two, I think, or one. Yeah. I bought them all there. And okay. I had to send in for the zero. So I had to send in for the zero because I didn't have that there. But I, I bought them all there and I subscribed. And I remember seeing the Janice Man of a Thousand Faces there for the first time. And I think David Fisher did their paint up for him. And I remember seeing the pinstripes painted on the pants and I was just so blown away and i said this stuff's awesome yeah and that um, video when you watch it for the first time back then because there was none of this there was no youtube right. you could oh. like you had to kind of guess and we can talk right we'll talk i think more about some of the other stuff after and, but yeah so it just kind of um really by the next year so between that year and the following year which was 96 and that was the first year they had harry housing at the hotel there and now I decided I loved it so much. I started saving $20 a week. I kid you not. I would cash my, whatever I do at my paycheck and I would take $20 and I would stick it in a drawer. And I did that too. All, <laughs> and all my singles, I would throw all my singles in a stack at the end of the week. If I had singles and I was just throwing singles there. So I ended up going to the next one with about $1,200. And uh, I think dude, it's so weird how our stories yeah. line up. I, that net, that next one after that, and we'll talk more about that later too, but I think I had about that much too. And it was because I was working at a hobby town in Bloomington and I would take like 50 bucks out of each check. I'm like, I'm going to Wonderfest. I'm going to Wonderfest and save it. Same thing. And uh, that was the first time I and see. No one's going to believe this. And I should have pulled that picture out. I actually entered the contest. And won a certificate of merit with Nestor the Wonderfester. I have it somewhere. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. And um, I also um, 
by that time I, I was hooked in. I mean, I bought a lot of kits in a short period of time and a lot of them, I had bought a few. I had, I believe I had the, um, if you want to go to the next picture, I believe that Joker had come out already. And I remember looking at that and that's still one of my favorite garage kits of yeah. all time. It, it's to me, it's, it's perfect. It, it's. You know, I agree. And um, the Pantheon of kits that, which we're going to get yeah. there one day too. That's but, right. um, but so, yeah. You know, I had bought some garage kits. I had a Billiken Predator, and I actually had, prior to going to that first Wonderfest, I had found the King Kong Super Def Tiny Terror at a toy show in, in Chicago, Kane County, and I bought that. So I had some, and um, I said, this is a good hobby because <laughs> you can build and paint the stuff, and you don't have to worry about the value. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, there you go. And I'm still working on that stuff that I bought at that first one. <laughs> and we're getting there. And and I will say too, Mike Parks, even then, was awesome. He was, you know, I was used to comics shows and stuff like that. So, you know, I was used to the bartering part of the thing. Hey, if I buy five of these, will you cut me a deal? Blah, blah, blah. See, I was always, I'm the opposite of that. Like, I'm so afraid to talk to people that I just go, I go up and give them the money and walk away. I would never talk to anybody, but. So, and then that's the story. Here we are, uh, Gremlins in the Garage, Gremlins Yeah, let's, Jam. you know what? Let's pause there and we'll kind of, we'll line our stories up there. So okay. we'll go back to, I think that was your last picture, right? That was my last picture. Okay. Yes. No more pictures of me from 1989, I promise. Although everyone, please notice how skinny I was. <laughs> you were skinny. What, what happened? Portillo's in the in the. Well, uh, people ask me a lot what happened to that skinny guy, and I said I ate him. You ate him so, with some salt. <laughs> oh man! For those of you, please, if you ever get a chance, go. Are you kidding me? Go, go. <laughs> Never far away. Oh my God! Go watch Scott eat a cheese uh, hamburger plain, and watch the amount of salt he puts on that thing. It is, oh man! It's a sprinkle of salt. How your heart hasn't exploded, I have no idea. <laughs> That's right. And when the bill comes, oh. watch watch the teacher try to figure out the 15% tip in hey, his head. Smartphone? Okay, or the 20% tip. Smartphone okay. does it or the girlfriend does it. And I go, what's so quicker? So my story is very similar, I think. Um, I've told this story before in different places, but I think this is, I don't know. It feels weird. I, it's hard for me to talk about myself. So um, anyway. The Aurora kids, as young as I am, you hear that? As young as I am, Aurora kids still played a huge part in in where I came from too. Um, so my uncle Bob had built them when he was a kid, and he's in his late sixties now, early seventies. I can't remember. Like so, he's right up there. So he built them when he was a kid, and he left them at my grandma's house when he moved out, and. When I would go to my grandma's for the weekend for or for the night, I she would just kind of bring them out once in a while and be like, hey, look at this. Look at this cool. Because she knew I was into monsters. And that's kind of, I mean, I I grew up watching different, but the same stuff as you. Um, I was huge into Ultraman as a kid. Like, that's one of the things that sticks out in Godzilla movies. Those are two things that are stuck in my head as memories of watching Ultraman across the street at my neighbor's house and just be like monsters, monsters, monsters. And then, um, 
Snangooli was on all the time. So I watched a lot of the old classic horror movies and the stuff that you're more into probably and still loved it. And my, my uncle Bob had all these kits and she would, un I remember her just unwrapping them in newspaper and setting them out on the kitchen table. And it was the same thing. There really weren't action figures at that time. Cause this was, I'm guessing late seventies, early because it was in the Cicero house. So I'm at late 70s looking at all these old creature um, horror monsters. Uh, the Aurora ones. And he, I'll show you because I. Which photo do you have up? So I have right now, I have the Dracula, the Wolfman, Phantom, and the Frankenstein. These were his kits. He gave them to me a couple years ago. So I have them in a special case up in my room. So I, I have them. These are the ones I looked at. He still gave them to me in the same boxes that they were in when I was a kid. So this is one of those things. When I saw these, I was like, man, these are so cool. And I wasn't allowed to touch them <laughs> when, when she would bring them out. I didn't get to play with them. I would just sit there and stare at them. So I, I mean, I would move the like lizard around that's on the one base for the creature or not move it around, but I remember that was like loose. So I could kind of look at it and see that. And I loved all the little details of those things. So I'm looking at the first one with the Frankenstein and yep. the Phantom. And uh, I love Uncle Bob's choice of pink for the tombstone. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is, of course, this is the charm of, of a lot of it. And you can tell those are those tester enamel paints. Like those oh, are, yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering if that Frankenstein is gray plastic. I'm sure it probably Yeah, is. oh, it is, because part of it's not painted. So it's gray plastic, okay. yeah. And I love the, uh, yeah, that's my Facebook Messenger that I didn't turn off. Oh, man, you're fired. Um, I love the uh, Frankenstein sweater vest look. Yeah, is that cool? You know. So, and then well, what's the amazing to me is that these kids still have all their fingers. Some the yeah, only one that's missing stuff. a finger is the creature. He's missing a claw on okay, one of them. So I just pulled up the other next picture. photo because I want to see that. Yeah. Okay. He's missing a claw on one of them. I think I. And he's missing the skeleton hand. I'm yeah. zooming in. Yeah. So I mean, they're all missing some parts yeah. still, but I was like, I was totally. But this is was my introduction. I'm like, what? There's a model kit. Oh wait, so your skeleton hand for the creature is on your mummy, you knucklehead. Oh, is it? I don't know. See, that's where yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you see that skeleton hand? Oh, that belongs on the creature base. All right, I'll move that. See, this is why you're on the show. You're the historian. Uh, yeah, I'm the historian. Uh, and then the bottom picture with Godzilla. Well, one of the bottom pictures. Godzilla. So is that Superman. a pink Godzilla? Is that a? It is Godzilla? a. It is a very fluorescent greenish Godzilla with so blood all over. That's probably a glow Godzilla. Then it was probably a glow kit because the originals were the purplish fuchsia. Oh no! And... You know what? I'll go and look. I don't. It's painted that color. Yes. I don't know what yeah. the. I'll go and look at what the color of the plastic is. I don't know. What it is, but yeah, and if you look at the bottom, if it's if it's fuchsia, it's an original. It's an original. And I know okay. that's an original Superman just by looking at it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> there's some funny stuff about this. Is the first model kit I remember building, which is this Dimetrodon, um, from I don't know. I I know I got it at Toys R Us. Um, I still have it. It's missing his tail. Uh, but this is the first thing I I was probably first or second grade. I'm guessing. My first miniature I got was in kindergarten. Um, Can I ask what's behind that kit, please? What's behind that is a deer skull and a Cthulhu sculpture that I made on my coffee table. So, yeah. But my my dad, he raced RC cars. And a hobby shop that you're familiar with, Don's Hobby World, um, in Glenwood. And so I would go over there all the time while he raced his car. But in the front of Don's was miniature like you know how they have the display case and there was a godzilla kit in there a godzilla miniature i think or something because i remember it being small 
and seeing that and being like oh my god i want to do that and then they had all the miniatures this is right around late 70s dungeons and dragons was getting huge so i just got into painting miniatures 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 forever um which brings me to and i like dinosaurs which brings me to after like you go in don's to buy miniatures and, and paint all the time i saw the screaming kits and i saw the hellraiser kit and this was like around 92. So I was painting miniatures through all that time. I think I have some of those. No, I didn't. Um, but I saw this pinhead kit sitting there and I love horror movies. So I was like, what, what is this? I didn't know they made stuff like that. And I didn't realize it was that big because I was so used to painting stuff that was two inches tall. And so I picked that up. That was 92. I remember painting it my senior year of high school. My thumb hurting from pushing all of those pins in his head, not knowing I should soften it up with a hairdryer first to try and get those things in there. And yeah, ever since then, and then that was it. I just started buying model kits and I kind of put the miniatures away till recently. And I got back into that again. Um, when was the last time you dusted that pinhead, if I could ask? Uh, I, uh, I, I know. It was Father's Day weekend, I think. Huh. Okay. Those cases. And I had to move. So I did have to. It's that one I think I've run underwater instead of trying to dust. Oh, that's what I would do. Yeah. Yes. Um, but then I kind of found between. I don't know how I found. I was going to comic book stores all the time. And I found Model and Toy Collector. Around the same time I found that um, Pinhead Kit. And, I, and then I found Terry's book. And I was like, holy cow. There's this whole world out there of amazing garage kits that i had no idea about and it really just kind of from there i saw an ad for wonderfest and the rest is history there and the same time was gremlins in the garage which i want to talk about for a minute that is really how i made a lot of friends in this hobby that i still talk to now uh like larry and lance and dan and and i'm not i'm saying enemies but i mean those were the days of there, it wasn't a message board. It was the crazy email list that you got on, and there was a hundred emails in your in your message yeah, box when fight. I got, dude. Yeah. When I get back from, because this was college, that was like what 94, 95 ish. When I get back from class and there was like tons and tons of email, I'm like, oh my god, what happened? And it was either you or Bulkley fighting with somebody. Just kidding. Wasn't me all the time. <laughs> Just kidding. So there was that, and that's how I found Wonderfest, and then. We're tied. We've been going every year since that year. Um, and it's funny how I kind of, I don't know, I flew under the radar a bit, but I've been going there every year since 1995, which to me, there's not a lot of people that can say that. Like everyone kind of takes a year off, kind of does this, but both of us have done that. And we've seen a lot of stuff, I think. Which we gives us a year. I was uh you're asking me math questions <laughs> what year were you born i'm sorry I'll do uh, 74 so i was 21. i had just turned 21 because wow, the first super. that's right because the first no i was 20 i think because the first wonderfest i couldn't i was 20 because we couldn't get into the bar to drink and we had to go to we stayed at the colonial inn on the other side of the of the river and snuck into the hotel bar there and it was this oh god 
scary hotel, the Colonial Inn. Um, well, the did, first year wasn't ninety five. Wasn't at the hotel it is now. right. No, it was at the other one, the Holiday Inn or whatever across. Right. Yeah. It's but not a Holiday. I'm Inn talking anymore. across. We stayed at the Colonial. It was across the river in Indiana. We stayed. Oh, we didn't even stay in Louisville. We stayed across the because we didn't even know what we were expecting. We just I drove down with my friend Tom, and we just kind of were like, "Oh, let's go check out this show. We'll get a hotel somewhere." And then we're like, "Oh man, this was cool." And that I, the first kit I got there was uh, the Kyoto Zaram, and I bought it from Terry. I think I told him that before, and that's the first interaction with Terry. It was a short conversation, which is strange. Um. Good luck with that now. And after that, I mean, I was, I'm a builder and painter. I'm the, op the opposite of you. So I was like, I was interested in that contest. All that, like, that was, I wanted to get a gold medal. I wanted to get a gold medal. And it took me 10 years. I, it was 2006, I think, when I got my gold medal. And I always said, if I got a gold medal, I would stop. And I did. I have not entered that contest since. Part of that's because I ended up writing for AFM. And, we weren't allowed to enter the contest. So, and I didn't even like, once I got that gold medal, I was good. And I mean, I had entered some contests up at, at resin heads and got a gold and silver there. But I mean, unless you got that gold at Wonderfest, I, you have to get a gold at Wonderfest. That's if you're competing in those contests, that's, that was the end of end all be all. Now to go for like a best of show or something like, no way I, I'm not. I mean, I'm an, I'm an average guy. I don't expect to ever, you know. Did, did you that. show that picture of you getting that first certificate of merit? Ooh, yes. Let me, uh, it'll, sorry, everyone. Let me click through these pictures. There it is. There's me getting a certificate of merit. I don't, that I think is the year, the Harry Housing year. I think that yes, is. Yes, it was. Yeah. And uh, I'm loving the hair. Yep, and the that's necklace, okay. and uh, I got a cool ring. I made that ring this... in jewelry class. Okay, and, and there's the, and, no. that, and that was the cool thing then too is Bob Burns passed out the awards, like and the uh, sweatshirt that's yep. two sizes too big that would probably fit me now. Um, <laughs> I invented thumb holes, by the way. And I want everyone to know that Jason's parents are not poor and destitute. That I'm sure. <laughs> He had better clothes than he's wearing right there. No, that okay. shirt that was my favorite. That was my Whoopi shirt. I wore that. That looks like a that looks like a comfy shirt. It was. So let me ask you a Wonderfest question. Yeah, go ahead. Because while you were talking about this, something came to my mind. Twenty five Wonderfest under your belt. That's crazy. Okay, that's crazy. Do you have things that you remember that you wish you would have done or bought? any regrets where you look back and said, man, I've never had a chance to buy that again, meet that person again. Do you have any regrets yes. like that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I know, and I'll ask the same question of you here in a second. Mine are kit purchases like mm -hmm. that. I think it was that year with the Harry housing kit boy. Remember kit boy. Mm -hmm. So that's the year. And I have it sitting up there cause it broke in my move. And I have to, I stripped it and have to repaint it. I bought my OIP future. I'm a big future guy. And, that, and that's kind of what I want to talk about too. Our differences, I, I think, complement each other well for this show because you're more classic monsters. I'm more original design stuff. And 
but we do have a lot of overlap like Godzilla and other things. So, but I'm a big future. Like that was, I wanted every future kit that was in that show and I knew they were expensive and that's why I was going with that much money. And when I went there, Tom and I kind of split the future kits at that, that one show and he got, and he just got rid of it too. And I think, I don't know who he gave it to, but he had Vampu, which is a crazy expensive kit now. And he had a bunch of other future kits there. And I did end up getting a damage Zoram. I have it right now from Dan. Um, but there was a, I wanted that Vampu really bad. There was a um, couple other future kits that day that I kind of passed on that I just was like, no, I'll see him again. And you just, you never did. That like, there was that time, there was that sweet spot of future of like 94, 95, where they just kind of didn't show up anymore. And I wish I had bought more that day, that year. The other one is Gray Zone. He, the guy that did um, uh, Louis, well, or no, not Louis, what was his name? Gray Zone, the guy that did all the skulls. Mm -hmm. um, there was a couple skulls he had. I did get the Gremlin skull back then, but there were other ones like that big alien queen skull he did and some other stuff. I really kind of wish I got some of those. Um, I wish I would have got an autograph from Harryhausen, but I'm not, like, I'm not an autograph guy, but now thinking back, I think the coolest part of that show is he sat behind Tom and I when he was film showing, or no, this might've been the second. No, it was the first time when he showed, he was showing his fairy tale animations the stop motion stuff that he did, the, the mother goose or whatever that was. Right, and he right. sat directly behind Tom and I while he was watching it. And I was like, this is so cool. But I never got an autograph because I've never been like, hey, I just want you to sign this. I was always been like, hey, man, thanks for making cool stuff and walked away kind of stuff. But how about you? What do you what's your biggest Wonderfest regret? Well, it's funny because you kind of walk into it with what you just said. I'm not a big autograph guy. And that first Wonderfest we were at, Ed Big Daddy Roth was there. Yeah. And he was selling. Um, and I don't even think I took, like, I don't think because of my age, I didn't understand who he was or right. the significance of him mm -hmm. being there at the time. So Ed Big Daddy Roth was there and he was selling, I want to say they were metal, maybe they weren't, um, Rat Finks. And they were like signs or whatever. And they were good size. And he was autographing. And they were 25 bucks. They weren't a lot of money. But and I and I'm not a cheap person, but I cheaped out. I'm like, yeah, I don't need it. <laughs> okay. And um I don't know what year he passed away, but he never did Wonderfest again. So I never got another chance for that. So that's a regret. Um Ben Chapman, although I met Ben a few times, uh, I played the creature from the Black Lagoon slot machine in Las Vegas with Ben. So I played the creature. That's the pretty cool. With the, oh yeah, he grabbed me. We were in a group of people and he grabs me and he says, Hey, come here. And uh Ed Balkley was there, so Ed knew him. And like I'm like, blah blah. And if anyone ever saw Ben Cham, well, a lot of people of course have. He walked like the creature from the black lagoon. Okay. <laughs> like when you saw him walking, you're like, there's no doubt in your mind this is a creature from the black lagoon. So he grabs me and he says, Hey, come here. He pulls me over to this slot machine and goes, and it and the if anyone's ever played this one years ago, I don't even know if it's still out there. It's one of those video ones that has like a hundred pay lines. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh. And he says, do you have any idea how to play this? I said, Ben, I have no freaking idea. I don't either. <laughs> so 
he says, well, let's see what we can do. So he pulls 20 out, he throws it in the machine and he's spinning the thing and he's like, you know, all of a sudden you'll get a match and they'll show a video from the movie and you're like, did we win? And, and, you know, the numbers are going up. I said, I guess so. I don't know how or why, whatever. So we burned through his 20 and we're laughing so hard that I threw 20 in it and we burned through my 20 in another five <laughs> minutes. But the memory is I played the creature from the Black Lagoon with the creature of the Black That's Lagoon. That's pretty cool. I don't have one photo with the guy. I never got his autograph. I never, <laughs> you know, and, and I remember I, he was at Wonderfest, I think the next year. And I reminded him of that. He remembered, yeah, we lost our ass on that machine. He said, <laughs> you know, so um, I kind of wish I would have got Ben's um, autograph. Um, that being said, I do have Harryhausen's and I do have um, Basil Gogo's only went one year to Wonderfest. And Basil Gogo's to me was a guest that was an awesome guest. It, it was a it was a good crossover because of famous monsters and Basil Gogo's. And it's like, this was an awesome guest. I bought some prints from him and took a picture with him. And uh, I took a picture of Thad with him. And I think Thad took the picture of me with him. And he was a very nice man. And I love his work. And so I was able to, uh, you know, get that, um, get some stuff there. But, and another one that's not a regret was the last time Dave Cockrum was there. Yeah. Dave, I guess, did artwork for Aurora back in the day, which early on, I didn't know that. I knew Dave from comic collecting. And I asked Dave to uh, sign a Marvel Masterworks I had, which had his art in it. Um, He helped create. Uh, the new X-Men and uh, Nightcrawler and stuff. So I asked him, would you do a sketch of Nightcrawler for me? He says, yeah, leave it here. You know, come back in a little while. So I came back and he handed it to me and, you know, he opened it and he showed it to me. And, and uh, I asked him, how much do I owe you, Dave? And he said, no, you don't owe me nothing. Thanks. You know, and uh, I think he passed away then a year or two after that. So you're the Grim Reaper, man. Regrets, but I have a cool, a few little cool stories that I'm glad I got. Yeah. Yvonne Craig, I wish I would have gotten her autograph um but it just i hate paying for autographs like because i'm not an autograph guy so yes you know i uh, i'm with you there kit wise do i have any regrets of anything i didn't buy yeah i wish i would have bought more janice stuff um i you know anything i never bought i was always able to get so it's hard to say i have a regret because i was always able to track it down um after the fact, one of the last things was a Sean Nagel uh, sculpted a lion kit, and I was able to procure yeah. one finally. And uh, that was a big regret I had for a while that I never bought that from him direct. The only conflict we ever came into was over Rick Cantu's fish, right? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't much of a conflict. You cheaped no. out, and I, I bought it. Out, and you got it, and yeah. It will be mine. <laughs> yeah, you're hoping I drop. Uh-huh. So it's like, uh-huh. I want to fish. How's that kidney feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wish death on me. Yeah. I'm not wishing death. I'm just asking. How's it feeling? You're just hoping. <laughs> wishing. I'm just hoping. No, no. So I mean, after I mean, after Wonderfest to this point, I mean, you started. When did you start? We're getting a little long here, but when did you start casting? When did you decide? Hey, I want to be a kit producer. Oh, I never wanted to be a kit producer. Um, right. That's so in, in 1989, when I cast those 
King Kong Thronesters and the Godzilla's go-karts, I had... Uh, How much hell did you catch for that? None, because back then it wasn't an issue. Okay, and when I say it wasn't an issue, and it's almost still not an issue when you talk about Aurora stuff. Um, there are those that'll make, say it's an issue. Um, that's the one gray area for me that I like look at it and go, whatever, you know, but um, so I did that and that was early on. That was the late eighties. And why I cast those was because at the time, you know, I was just starting working and, you know, I was young and I wanted these kits, but I had nowhere to pay for them. So this was a good way to pay for the kit. You know, um, I was selling these kits. They took six hours to make. It took six hours to make one go-kart or thronster. They would take six hours and it was primitive. Yeah. for the time it was it was primitive casting um so there was that and then i just i don't know how i got into just now when casting. did Moohead start like what year was that well i technically didn't start i did a few kits that i would sell um calvin and hobbs that i did and um sorry boy and tiger that i did and um <laughs> some other thing um you know and I, I would sell those but they were really small just projects just for fun and uh my friend uh matt manett and i decided we wanted to do what we we wanted to do a king kong i, I as a king kong freak i never wanted you know i i like king kong kits so i'm very finicky about the ones i do have and um Jeff Taylor had done a Mighty Joe Young studio scale. It was beautiful. And I said, man, we need a King Kong like that. So Matt and I were going to do a King Kong. And it started out, we were going to do a 12-inch King Kong. And about the same time, he called me up. And we'll, we'll do this on a show because Matt's agreed he'd come on a show. And we could tell the story of the King Kong kit. But he called me up and says, what do you think about doing an 18-incher? And we were both thinking the same thing at the same time. So we decided to do a studio scale. And I built a Rotocaster and um, kind of took off from there. I mean, there's not a lot of kits in the line and it, it's, it's, I kind of do it when I feel like it. Um, I know there's people out there that want the King Kong now. I have this big Luna that I'm still cleaning up that we're going to get cast and get those out. But yeah, I, you know, being a kid producer, especially setting up at Wonderfest at a table, you're stuck at the table and I hate it. Yeah. I, I absolutely hate being stuck at the table. So like on Sundays, if I have a table, you'll see me not there half the day because I'm, I'm running around. On Sundays. <laughs> okay. Because I just, I hate being at the table, you know, and I used to like, I would share a table for a couple of years with Rob Madison and Chris Gerke so that we could at least take turns watching the table. Yeah. And, uh, disappear. So like around that time when you were working on that kind of stuff, I was, I, I had wrote for, I, I don't even know how, I think Thad got me into to write for Ed Bulkley for Creature, what was it? Um, his model magazine. Oh my God. Was it, uh, oh God, now I can't think. Yeah, we're both, we're losing my, I have copies. Of, was it Model Maniacs? Model Maniacs. Oh my God. There I was thinking of the next thing. So I wrote for him for like three issues, four issues. It didn't, he didn't stick around long doing that. So I wrote for him. Um, 
and then I ended up writing for Sean Coates for Creaturescape. That's why I was getting like, too confused, which was he was doing an, an all like computerized digital magazine that he would you would buy the CD ROMs for basically or CDs for the files. Oh wait. And do you have it? Wait. Yeah. I have mine somewhere too. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Those were cool. I thought Sean had done yeah, mine's in there, I think. Is that that might I be issue mine. one, two, and three. Yeah, those are cool things. They're ahead yeah. of their time. They really were. And I wish, I think it, if they were done now, I think it would go, there'd be a lot more tools to that. And around that time, hey, I decided to try and do my own website. Uh-oh, what else? Hold on. Got? There's more. Number four? Yeah. And number five? Look at that. Number five. So, yeah, cre I mean, there were some cool things at the time because – six yeah he did a lot sean's a good guy i i miss seeing him around shows um but i think that was kind of the precursor that was right before facebook and my myspace take took off so you really didn't see a lot of people doing stuff online i tried to do my own website it's still up there wasteyourlife.com i haven't done it i am terrible about updating things which is why i'm trying to really writing that down i've not ever been to that wasteyourlife.com yeah yep. and that came from my dad saying you're wasting your life all the time with this stuff and and that was like 98 when the big when everyone was buying websites so i did a couple articles on there for myself and then after i won that gold medal in 06 i ended up writing for afm and that's where i am now kinda... did he disappear is that kind of what happened did he I, disappear? I still see him on facebook once in a while but i don't think he's doing model stuff um, I, I'm just trying to remember if people subscribed to that and never finished it off and, and what happened, you know, it, it couldn't have been too big of a hot button thing because I don't remember. Maybe someone can comment. Yeah. I don't know. Sean Coates, if you're around, let us know what you're doing. I've Are seen you, Sean's name. So yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe it wasn't a controversy. I could be. No, I don't think wrong. so. I think he just kind of faded away because it wasn't doing well. Cause people just weren't, it wasn't like, I don't know. Kind of like magazines now. <laughs> They're not doing well. Hence, so what's funny about those is, I know you're not going to believe this, I've never watched those. I found those recently, and I brought them up here to see if they'll load in my new computer. All right. You should uh, watch those. because <laughs> There's some nuggets in there, I'm sure, of some past stuff. But that kind of brings us to modern times and this. So I kind of I don't know. This is the basically the the crown on all of that, hopefully, that our stupid model lives have brought us together <laughs> to do this show. And, I, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a good base. That's why I kind of wanted to do this episode, get it out of the way, kind of give everybody a little history of where we came from and why we're doing this show. Um, we love that. Let's be honest. We didn't have a lot planned for this one. So I mean, that's not true. Yeah, he's lying. <laughs> I we needed to do this. I, I think people. I know we're boring. We're not out. I mean, at least I am. Scott tends to have a fan club online, and you know, I'm a kinder, gentler Scott. You are a kinder, gentler Scott. But you know, there's the, like that Toys R Us story. Like it's. I think there's things in our story that re resonate with everybody else, and that's kind of what I want everyone to discuss in the comments this time. 
is tell us your origin story. Where did you come from? How did you get into models? Same thing, Aurora like us. When did you come in? What'd you find? I'd love to hear that stuff. And uh, yeah, I, it's it's cool to see the similarities between everyone and well, the differences. What's always been funny to me too is 25 years we've been going to Wonderfest. Probably only been hanging out the last 10. 10, maybe not even that many. No, it's 10. Now, keep in mind, we lived within... 20 minutes of each other this whole time okay yeah well when i lived in the city uh, yes yeah, right it was 20 minutes it doesn't matter okay you work down here yeah, i mean it was that's true okay we've never driven to wonderfest together we've never i don't want to be in a car with you wonderfest together <laughs> and i wouldn't room to wonderfest with you after the one story yeah um but it's so it's just funny that it, it kind of took us this long to um God, I hate to use the word hook up, but hook up in that we've now been to each other's houses yeah. numerous times. Um, we've we've done some hobby shop runs. We've gone to a few shows. Yep. Uh, you know, it is so strange. It, it is strange. And, you know, it, it's a shame. I always say the Jersey guys that, um, and the guys that run Jersey Fest, Rob Saloni and uh, Saul and Kenny and those guys, I, man, it's great that they hang out together. And they, mm -hmm. you know, they all have this common interest and they hang out together. And I wish we could get that. I know there's enough Chicago area modelers to do this. And it would be awesome. Maybe we could do a round table. We could just film, you know, if we could get enough guys to like yeah. come and do it, you know, and do that kind of thing. Well, two, I was thinking two things and I, not to brainstorm on <laughs> live on the yeah, show. Not to brainstorm on our own show. Here. I really, I think we should have a barbecue at some point with all of us and you had brought that up before but the thing i was thinking we should start doing in terms of model club and not even live stream it but just open it up and have a zoom night and basically have a painting club like once every couple of weeks just say hey anybody that wants to join here's the link grab a kit start working on it and be on zoom working on your model just so we get what? to all kind of talk Do so what? you will have to paint something or show somebody how to build nails. a mold one of the two my nails. <laughs> but yeah no i was thinking we we're gonna do that i'm gonna fin figure out the logistics on that so we don't just have random people showing into it and but yeah i think that's a great idea i think we do need to band together the only problem with the in-person stuff now is the obvious virus stuff but i don't know yeah i think this is a time to kind of grow that community and i'm hoping we're doing that with this <laughs> a little bit um we need more of a presence on youtube I, i'm curious we have 99 subscribers this last episode so who will be the 100th subscriber yeah, yeah. um I, I wish we had a prize to give you um but to we forget don't who they were yeah you know, but, we will uh, have prizes one day i, someday, I promise we will. we will um but it's uh we had a lot of views i think our last episode was a lot of views i'm sure we can thank terry webb for, yeah, for of that. course. Everyone wants to see what the hell he watching us. Yeah, no. Well, no. This one After will this tank. episode, we're going to yeah. get like 12 views and that'll be it. It'll tank. We will. <laughs> so <If> we... <laughs> um, bear with us, everyone. We uh, Give us some suggestions. Topics to talk about. Um, maybe. Yeah. Uh, emails. We're still waiting on emails. You know, hey, Charlie, get out yep. there. Send us a, be our first email, Charlie. Send us an email. Yeah. Although he did send he you did an send email. He did send us one. Yep. So That's it's right. Model Club tv at gmail.com is the web the email address website is just through facebook you can find model club tv um 
like us there in both places subscribe on youtube uh ring the bell for notifications and i'm serious about the uh the live modeling groups i think i think that's going to be pretty cool when we'll start that um yeah yeah we have no emails to talk about this week i i brought it up earlier the comments i love reading the comments keep those up please uh i'd like to turn that almost into a little message board for each show and just talk about it there talk about the hot topics but yeah and i know jason answers them i answer them as well not all of them but um that that'll probably change a little bit when I go back to work. Um, <laughs> but uh, <coughs> yeah, it's we're hoping to have some guests. Hey, if you want to be on, let us know. Yeah, we'll you have know, guests. It, you know, it, it's it, we're not. Don't get us wrong. We're not sitting here begging for guests, but we do have actually. So we do have yeah. some people lined up, and we're going to be getting into those. I just thought this episode needed to kind of happen just to get it out of the way and we have some people lined up that we talk to and they'll be they're willing to come on we're waiting for some pieces to fall in the place and we'll be uh you'll be surprised <laughs> with some of them or happy right. happy right i don't know yeah and we have a we have a guy that tried to kill me uh has agreed to come on so we're gonna try <laughs> to get him on too because he's who hasn't i mean that could be anybody there's got to be more than one so. dude he tried to run me <laughs> over with his van so okay. we'll, have to, we'll have to talk about this story when we have yeah on. charlie you were out there you saw it you were in the car with him you were almost an accomplice okay i'm telling you it's yeah no right, so I'm anyway <laughs> all that being said now we solved the world's problems and bored the hell out of everybody um yeah i think that'll solve us finish it up this week um we are working on again uh quality in terms of video and audio uh it's coming bear with us stick with us i think uh you'll be surprised at some of the stuff that we're going to have uh happen here in a little while so hang in there nice talking to everybody scott anything else closing comments I have nothing else i'm quiet this week it's, it's been i hate talking about myself and then i ended up talking a lot about myself it's I'm okay sorry if i bored anybody so no i honestly I want to hear everyone's story. I, I love hearing how people found model kits because it's such a weird thing. It's like, why? who wants to sit around and do stuff like that? But I love and, seeing other people that are like us are hearing their story. So. And as we have guests on, get ready because you're probably going to be asked the question um, as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I have other questions, but I think we should make whole shows out of them. Like favorite favorite hobby memory. Like that's one of those things. I don't want to get into it now. We'll kind of leave that there. But like I want to know. Like there's parts like like me winning that award at that 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 stupid merit award was such a highlight. But anyway, I digress. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Jason and I have talked about top ten lists. Hey, give us some top 10 lists. Yeah, we'll, you know what? We'll... Start getting your top 10 lists together because we're going to put ours out there too. And we're going to have end of the year and all that sort of thing. And it's going to be top 10 a lot of things. Maybe we'll do like a Letterman thing where we have a top 10, you know. Yeah. Top 10 bad kits, top 10 plastic kits, yep. top 10, you know, kits we cut our finger on. I don't know. <laughs> you know it's... I, so. I know one that I cut my finger on, so... There Worst hobby injury. There we go. There you go. Another subject. 
there you go. All right, everybody. Take care, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. And take care.